welcome to episode 41 of Tools for This Podcast, your safe space for grown-up talk about childish things. On tonight's episode, we're going to be reviewing episode one of Star Trek Picard, and also put on your profanity-blocking earphones, because we're also going to review The Gentleman. So, let's not waste any time. Let's start the show on Nerd and Up Nerd. What? Kev. Too old for this shit. DJ Kevy Kev on the virtual wheels of steel. <laughs> okay, we're getting the air horn for next episode for sure. Right. We, need it. we need the air horn. It, we just, it, the air horn is necessary at this point. <laughs> It's it's causing a problem for its lack of existence in our in our in our show. At this yeah, point. Right. It, needs to be, it needs to. We need to fill the air horn void. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Yeah, if I almost thought I wasn't going to get through the intro again, and you you yeah. heard me like kind of kind of freeze near yeah. the end there because because yeah. it didn't is so it. You didn't yeah, it, it is so difficult yeah. <laughs> to not say without further ado. Yeah. It it is crazy how difficult it is to avoid that phrase. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I am, I'm going to master my own tongue and I'm going to make sure. How about without further delay? No, no, I, I don't even, I don't even want to risk doing something similar. Yeah. I just, I want to have something natural to come out yeah. of me instead of something that's like, anyway. Something generic. <laughs> Let's stop fixating on that. How have you been, buddy? Uh, right. you went weekend? Yeah, I went to uh, Pennsylvania for the weekend for my, um, what they call, workers appreciation party uh, oh, yeah. essentially it's our holiday party like our christmas party but oh, yeah. in july so uh yeah no i uh, drove down uh with a couple of co-workers a yeah in july no it's sorry i'm in january sorry okay Did I say july my bad they both start with okay. jay you know, you know. all right all right, all right. <laughs> but um yeah, no, I went down with a couple coworkers. My boss was already down there, and um, yeah, no, we partied it up. It was good. Had a good. Is time. there some reason it's Pennsylvania? Is that does your company have it's, its head office there? Or something? Yeah, that's where the head office is, and it's um, the majority of like I. So it's a huge company, but my like where I work, it's a small uh, operation, right? So the biggest operation is actually in Pennsylvania. Uh, in North America, um, it's actually a, uh, I believe it's a Swedish company. So obviously this, it's probably even bigger in Sweden, but, okay. um, but as far that'd as. That'd be cool if you went there for your work. Party. Oh dude, that'd be freaking amazing. So I would love to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Free trip to Sweden. Count me in. Right. Yep. But, um, yeah, all oh, it's like paid for, right. They rented me a car. Um, I actually went and picked up a car and, uh. I, I, I splurged because I knew I was getting the money back, so I got a BMW. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, my boss just laughed when he saw what I back. <laughs> he was like, yeah, easy there, Tiger, right? <laughs> but I was like, BMW, motherfucker. Mac daddy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I was making BMW jokes the whole time I was in it. But, um, yeah, no, Beam it was good. up. <laughs> got the keys to my rented Bima. <laughs> oh man, good times. But um, yeah, no, it was good. Uh, it, I it, walked out of the party with a pair of brand new AirPod Pros. Um, that was one of the door prizes, and I won it. So that was nice. pretty fucking sweet. Um, other than that, yeah, just uh, drank a lot and uh, did, did a your dance. lady go with you? She did not. Um, oh. she actually had a previous prior engagement this weekend um so essentially solo in the bima uh no no i went with a couple co-workers right so okay, yeah um uh if i didn't have to go to this i would have went to what she went to but um okay. it just happened to fall on the same day so right. it's all good it's all good i had a good time though it was fun Ooh. Ooh, so, yeah. glad to hear it. and like i said well, winning winning was always is just the icing on the cake right yes. so, so yeah. you know what it's great to win gonna be you should win so much that you're sick of winning but yes i agree <laughs> would have been nicer to win like you know that lotto max but it is what it is i'm mm. not gonna be greedy mm. 
So I got my ticket for I think it's twelve million right now. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I'm not even gonna think about that because I'm jinxing. If I think about it too much, then I won't win the True. lottery. So you got to pretend like you don't even care about it, yeah. so that it can surprise you. That's that, the only way you. The only way you have a chance of winning. Yeah, there you go. Is if you don't think about it, right? There you go. I'm in. I'm in that camp with you. So, so yeah, Kobe Bryant. Kobe, R.I.P. R.I.P. Or if you're in the camp that he's rapist, then see ya, I guess. But it is a tragic yeah, story because his is. his innocent 13 year old daughter, Died of course, passed, yeah. and then an entire an entire family um, uh, along with them. And uh, it's very sad. It's very sad. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So uh, condolences to the uh, friends, friends and family of Kobe, and of course fans of uh, the Lakers. Um, yeah, absolutely. A lot of people are a lot of people are sad. Uh, yeah, and uh, and yeah. I don't blame them because I was very shocked to hear it. Yeah, it's so, a you know it's a shocking thing, right? Like, yeah. you know what? Uh, am I glad I'm not rich and famous? Is one of these like precautionary tales man like mm-hmm. like when you think about how jfk jr died because you know that guy was so rich he just you know could have fly, could afford to just get his pilot's license and own his own plane and just fly himself everywhere and is that smart like yeah. is that really is that really something to that you should aspire to and like do you, if you live a life where you're so rich where you're just taking helicopter flights all the time like mm-hmm. like is that something i want to aspire to no and i think you know it, it, i put it up there on the, on the same shelf as like all of the famous rock stars who I idolize and worship who died of like drug overdoses, like it's like sad, sad, tragic deaths that shouldn't happen to people who you idolize and worship. Right. Yeah. It's like stuff like that always makes me call into question success and whether it's, I don't know. Worth it. Worth the yeah, like fame. yeah, like like if Kobe, if Kobe had to drive everywhere, uh, he'd be alive today. Right. Like, yeah, I don't true. know. I don't know. You're right. Anyway, random, random, like, uh, sorry. Uh, skew i took us on there tangent um (laughs) but uh we wanted to talk about some other some less uh tragic news that happened uh in the last week uh first of all i want to talk about witcher um because we have Mm. we were debating whether we were going to whether we were going to cover witcher at all right yeah um i'll be honest sorry go Go ahead ahead. go ahead i was gonna say i'll be honest um i was never really intrigued with witcher Yeah. Um, I caught like maybe like a part of a trailer and then when they released the newest one, I didn't even watch it. Um, I don't know, just something about it kind of, I guess the best way to say it rubbed me the wrong way. Yep. And I don't know, I just had zero interest in it. And then I heard it was like the highest streamed thing. Yeah. Like it beat Mandalorian and all this stuff. So exactly. I was a but, little bit more intrigued, but not intrigued enough to still. <laughs> right, right. Okay, yeah, so. you're talking about stuff that exactly, exactly what I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, I agree with you that I was also not super intrigued, except mm-hmm. for the Henry Cavill thing because I love Henry Henry Cavill. Yeah, I really, I, I really him. want him to succeed because I really want him to be um, a list in Hollywood because I want Warner, I want DC films to want him back as Superman yeah. because it seems like they're not sure if they want him back as Superman. It seems like it seems like they're just like on a we'll just wait and see how everybody's popularity goes right. and then we'll, we'll figure it out later um he's great as superman and i absolutely yeah. love them in the last mission impossible movie yeah everybody loved him in that right. movie right and 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 the whole digital mustache thing is not his fault but don't, he has suffered don't he has suffered on that shit. it's awful right it's awful <laughs> horrible it's horrible. the it's the goddamn opening scene of justice league yeah. and they lead with mustache gate it's yeah. it's just it's just so terrible and yeah. it's not his fault at all it's you know it's stupid hollywood poly power players yeah. um playing games i i guarantee it was tom cruise i don't know if this has come out yet or not but i guarantee someone had to get tom cruise's permission to let henry cavill come back and reshoot for justice league mm. but only he would be so arrogant to say don't let him shave his mustache. Right. Like only Tom Cruise is the is is what I pictured. Like he's the only person in Hollywood even arrogant enough. And and I I I don't know if that story is ever going to come out. He's mm. probably got a team of Scientologists tracking me right now because I I just mentioned his name. Just you just... Uh, <laughs> even even though nobody's he's... heard this yet, but you and I, I bet you somebody heard it. I bet you the Scientologists know that I said Tom Cruise's name in vain right now. He's sitting um, in, he's sitting in his cruise cave right now. 
right? Because uh, he probably has like all the technology of Batman, so he has the, the cruise cage, the cruise uh, mobile. The cruise. He's in L. Ron Hubbard's secret underground bunker somewhere, and God knows what's in there. Like, yeah. I don't even want to. Uh, let's let's not go down that pathway. Um, yeah. But anyway, the whole thing about The Witcher. Um, I also wasn't interested, except for Henry Cavill. Mm. Um, and then, yes, we heard all these stories. All of a sudden, it's the most streamed show ever, yeah. more streamed than The Mandalorian. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's yeah. out of nowhere. Um, and uh, but and I, and I, you think that's Netflix just trying to get interest? No, I, ha- I have the answer. I have the answer. Yeah, it's, okay. It's a sham. It is a fraud. Yeah. Uh, because Netflix, Netflix doesn't uh, release how many times things have been streamed, okay, right? Okay, hold on, hold on. They do, and they just changed their rules. Oh, did they? Okay, okay. See, this is news to me. And I want to say, we wanted to have Sarah back on the show, Sarah Peterman, cosplay Sarah. Mm. We wanted to have her back on the show for a while. Uh, we've just been waiting for a subject that that um, you know she really wants to talk about. Uh, and I thought maybe this is the thing. I thought, okay, Witcher is so popular. Um, I know Sarah loves it. She posts about it. Um, and, uh, okay, I thought maybe I'll force myself to watch Witcher um, and and this will be good for the show and then this will be a good we'll enjoy it I thought mm-hmm. I thought I'll force you to and we'll enjoy it I thought that's what I thought yeah. um, I talked to Sarah about it she was stoked yeah do it okay uh, so I tried to watch it and I couldn't uh, it, it's <clears throat> um, I'm sorry it's not that good uh, it's uh, the the digital effects are close but they're but they're they're flawed enough that um, it pulls me out. Um, it, it's written like a video game. Like I know it's a video game. It's based on a video game. Mm-hmm. So if you're aiming for the video game fans, uh, then you definitely want to do this. Uh, it's written like a video game, but it's also written on the level of a video game. Like the dialogue is video game level dialogue. It's not television level dialogue. It's not film level dialogue. It is so just um it's imbecilic at times the way video game level dialogue is because in a video game you're not doing the same thing as in a tv show or in a a movie Mm -hmm. in an rpg especially what you're doing is you're using the dialogue to lead a character along a certain path but that character is you know making choices it's not it's not um a person on a on a journey being having a story told to them it's a whole different thing but when you write the dialogue in the TV show or the movie in the same style as the video game, it doesn't work. And, and, um, like, like the first, one of the first lines the Witcher has is such a bad joke and it, and it's such a bad setup and it's just because they're trying to do the video game thing. And it's, it's in the first scene when he's fighting a monster, there's a deer in the picture in the, in the shot and the deer gets injured mm-hmm. when he's fighting the monster. So after he kills the oh, monster, wait, wait. he doesn't say, Oh dear, does he? No, okay. but after after he, <laughs> after he's finished killing the monster, yeah. he sees the wounded deer there, and and then he says a line. Uh, the line there is, "Oh dear, it's not your day." He doesn't say "Oh dear," but he says, "It's not your day, is it?" Um, and then off off screen, you hear a sword slice indicating that he killed that deer, right? right? And in the video game world, I, I haven't played The Witcher much. Um, um, but I don't know if this is a thing, but I'm sure it is in every, in every fantasy or medieval RPG. It's a thing. When you find a deer in the woods, you kill it and eat it. And your character needs that right mm-hmm. to survive. So when you find a deer in the woods, that's wounded, you know, that's like a, that's like a, a cool find for you in a video game. Right. So in the next scene, after he has this little set up conflict with the, with the villagers who, you know, tell us that nobody trusts witchers in this world. Um, the, uh, one of the characters says to him, offers him a meal, mm-hmm. and he says, he says to her, "This is his. This is his like funny like one liner." He says to her, uh, "No thanks, I'm full." And then he and turns, wine. and then and then and then no, hold on. Then he turns his head to emphasize the punchline. He says, "Venison." As right, in, so the jo- so the joke is, deer. yeah, I killed and ate that deer in the previous scene. That's the joke, right? Mm. And how is that a fucking jo- like? Like, it's like if I'm not an RPG player, then I don't get that. And in you know, if I'm if I'm just watching a fantasy TV show, like, is th- is that something a guy would say in a? I'm full. Like, I 
venison. And like she doesn't know that he saw that deer. Like she doesn't get the joke. So the yeah. joke is just for the audience. Yeah. Right? And it's like it's five minutes into the thing, and I'm just like, oh my God, if the writing is this bad, I just can't. I can't. And I'm sorry, Sarah. I mean, but but Sarah, for to her credit, she she admitted to me that she knows that it's bad. Yeah. She actually said that I think she said it's brutal. Um but she just – I think it's like a guilty pleasure for her because the costumes are cool, right? And a lot of the styling is cool. But when I was watching the previews for this stuff, my thought was that I'm not interested in this because it it looks like it's filmed like a Harlequin romance novel. It looks, it really looks like it's filmed with the female gaze in yeah. mind, right? Um, so like every scene his hair is blowing in the wind and shit? Yeah, and it just it doesn't feel like medieval and gritty and visceral to me. It yeah. feels like really like a like a beautiful painting. So do you uh, think it has so many views or streams? Okay, because, I got to, I, I because of yet. him. Because no. girls are watching it because they first think he's of all, hot. First of all, it's BS. It's complete BS. Right. That that this is a super popular show and I'm going to explain to you why now. All right. Netflix, right before The Witcher came out, changed their rules on how they report viewership. Okay? Okay. So previously, to the rule change, one view only counted if you you turned on a show and watched 70% of the show. Okay. Under their new rules, one view is counted after you watch two minutes. Nah. So people so, are shutting it off after like two minutes, and that's so, what counts as a view. Oh, and now Netflix is coming out declaring that this is the most viewed show ever. Yeah. Right after they changed their. Uh, could it be that The Mandalorian was kicking their ass so badly that they had to try to manipulate the public yeah. and, change, and change the narrative? Because yeah. this is such a deceitful manipulation. Because if you counted everybody who watched for two minutes when Stranger Things was at its peak. Yeah. Do you know how many more viewers Stranger Things would have had? And oh, it, like, it would have eclipsed Witcher by like by exponentially. Like, it's it's a it's an absolute li- like. I don't even believe Witcher's popular anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't even believe it's a, it's a popular show. Like, I I'm putting it back in the barrel with like the four hundred, the one hundred, and like like little sci-fi shows that have like little cult followings, which are great and fine. I love some of those shows. But I'm not putting those down at all. Mm. I'm I'm only saying this narrative that The Witcher is the most streamed show or the most popular show is an absolute lie perpetrated by Netflix to change the story from how popular The Mandalorian was. Fair enough. Um, so this, this um, is, it's sitting at 66 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I just looked it up, and I know The Mandalorian is high 90s. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Um, it's just a lie. It's just, th- there's no rules that, that there's no, um, sorry, there's no standard system for all the platforms. Yeah. So any platform can just change how they report their numbers yeah, and, certified fresh. and create it and create a story that's not really true. Just yeah. like this. So, um, you have to be really careful, uh, yeah. when we're talking about comparing numbers between streaming platforms because we're going to have to do our research and say, okay, how does this streaming platform report one view and how does this streaming platform report one view? Mm-hmm. And you know, can you even compare it? Because right now I don't think you can. It's apples and oranges. I yeah. don't know how Disney plus does it. I haven't looked it up, but no. um, I guarantee you it's apples and oranges. All right. Fair enough. Okay, I so think, that's uh, not, that's, I, I'm going to declare boom done on the Witcher, buddy, because yeah. that's what I was going to um, say, man. We should uh, move on because uh, Sarah, I love you, and, I, and I, we'll have you. We'll have you on to to defend the Witcher <laughs> if you like. You know, tell us why we're wrong. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, no, we're not going to be covering Witcher. Sorry. Like, um, maybe maybe I should watch it before we. <laughs> you can try it. Feel free. Man. Feel how, free. But can uh, I ask you I, how far you got in? Uh, it must have been fifteen minutes. Oh, so um, you didn't even get past the first episode? No, but it was my intention to keep going. Yeah, and and then I saw this Netflix story about how they changed their numbers, mm. and then I was like, okay, that's it. I I can't anymore. I can't yeah. like I the whole thing just deflated. It was a mission. It was a mission before I read that story. Yeah, about the Netflix changing the numbers thing. 
Um, and then I was just like, no, that's it. I'm done. Fair but look, enough. there's another news story I want to I want to cover quickly before we talk about Picard. Yeah. Uh, the Obi Wan delay. Yes. And I don't know if anybody heard this, but but Obi Wan, which we had a complete announcement that it was coming out at a certain time, and that the scripts were all completed, and that it was going to be six one hour episodes, and everybody was happy and gung ho. Production was underway. Yeah. <clears throat> no. Yeah. Uh, in typical uh, Lucasfilm under Kathleen Kennedy style. Uh, everything that they announced is now in jeopardy. Uh, production has been indefinitely suspended. That means there is no concrete scheduled time that production will start again yeah. because they are throwing away all of the scripts and they are looking for new writers. And I've also heard sprinkled into these reports that they have said the show runtime is not going to be six hours anymore. It's going to be four hours. So mm -hmm. back to comparable to the Mandalorian runtime again maybe right. even less maybe even less than the mandalorian runtime and look i, I want to say this shouldn't be a huge news story like for most productions uh big productions like this mm -hmm. you want to be careful you want to make sure you get it right well, you, you you don't want to rush it you don't want to force it if yeah. it's not right it's not right yeah but the the deal with lucasfilm always making their announcements and then always just like having the situation fall apart with their creative talent, like losing directors, losing writers. Like it just seems to happen with every single project, every time they announce something. And I just want to say to Lucasfilm, this is why I'm sick of covering star Wars. Mm. This is why, like I love star Wars. I love it. I love everything they release. And I, I will love the Obi-Wan series when it is released. If it actually ever makes it, <laughs> I'm sure. Well, I'm sure. Will. I, 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 I'm sure it will too. Yeah. I'm sure it will too. And this shouldn't be a huge deal. It's only a huge it's, deal because I am so sick of reporting that this is going to happen. This is yeah. going to happen. This, and I'm excited about this and this and this. And then having Lucasfilm come back and say, oops, uh, we changed our mind. <laughs> this isn't going to happen, actually. It's going to be like 60% of what we promised you. And and everything we said before, just forget it. It doesn't matter anymore. Like, I'm, I'm just so sick of that. And... Yeah. And I'm and I'm glad that it's going to be a while before we have a major Star Wars topic to cover because <clears> stuff <throat> like this just bumps me out on talking about Star Wars. I, it bumps me out of it. It's uh, for me. It's obviously it sucks, but if they catch a problem now, it's better to fix it now than wait sure. until for it's seventy percent sure. filmed. Okay. Like, okay. Like Solo, <laughs> right? Where they filmed the majority of the film. Fired the directors and bring in Ron Howard. You know what okay, I mean? But, so okay, you're correct there. But yeah. let me offer let me offer you the counterpoint case to that, which is which which is Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Right now that the original script for Rise of Skywalker has been released, yeah. everybody who is disappointed in Rise of Skywalker is saying the original script was better yeah. and should have been made. And I fear that we're going to end up in the same situation with the Obi-Wan series. Right. It's that whatever decision, whatever the reason was to make the massive change, because we already had six hours of content written, apparently. Yeah. What, so whatever the, and everybody was happy, but like, like, uh, you and McGregor loved it. Uh, Olivia Chow, Deborah Chow, Deborah Chow, Deborah Chow. I always do that. Um, loved it and was on board. And now it's like, is she even going to stick on? Like, we'll see. Um, Anyway, I, I don't want to go on about this. I yeah. just I don't want this to become a rant. Um, I just want to say um, this is why I never tried to start a Star Wars podcast or a Star Wars website. Yeah. Because in the off season, when there's no movie out, right, or when there's no Mandalorian out, like just following these details to me is is so harrowing. <laughs> it's like it's it's just it's just an undertaking that I don't I do not want to carry yeah. on. I, yeah. I don't. That's how I it's feel. It's stressful, it. isn't it? It's, it is stressful. It is. It is. It's too much back and forth. It's yeah. too much. It's too much here. No. Here. No. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Boom. Um, God. <laughs> uh, so Obi-Wan, the series, will come eventually and we'll enjoy it when it gets here, but we're not going to worry about it until then. Yeah. Uh, Clone Wars looks interesting. We're not going to talk about it too much. When it comes out, maybe we'll talk about it then. Yeah. Uh, but not episode by episode. Anyway. Um, do you want to talk about season one, episode one of Star Trek Picard? Picard. Sure, let's do this. Because this is a show that we have been anticipating. I, I personally have been anticipating anyway. You're more it was so announced. than me. Uh, I'm not as big of a Star Trek fan as you are. Um, okay. I do like Star Trek. I just, I'm just not hardcore into it. 
Right. So, For but, me, uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm kind of hardcore. It's not. It's weird. I was trying to compare my Star Trek fandom to my Star Wars fandom earlier in my mind, and I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's apples and oranges. I feel like I can't put, uh, I can't put mm-hmm. them on the. I can't like compare them to each other. I can't say one's bigger. They're, they're, they're different. Yeah. Um, well, Star Wars is definitely more. I'm more of a part of the Star Wars fandom than I am. Right. Star Trek. Right. Right. One hundred percent. So. I'd probably say that too, but I remember yeah. a time, man, and it, maybe it was just because it was a crutch. Because mm. in the, I remember a time in the '90s uh, the when 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 the next generation was on the air, and I think it was probably in season six, mm. uh, and it had been on the air long enough that it had gone into syndication. Mm. So every week there was a new episode of Next Generation, but every day there were reruns of Next Generation right. on the air. So yep. the the yep. television was flooded with Star, with Star Trek, Trek yeah, The Next yeah, Generation, yeah. which was a great show. It was not a bad thing for the television to be flooded with, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially my, my one of my buddies had a satellite dish. I remember he had more channels than me. Um, when I was at his house on a weekday, mm-hmm. there was so much Star Trek in syndication, uh, I could sit and watch it for four hours every day. Wow. Uh, four episodes of Star Trek in a row on four different mm-hmm. channels. Four different episodes from like different seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the day when Star Trek had a new episode on, I could watch five in, wow. a, in a day. So, so there, I, I feel like my life was wasted because my friend who had a satellite dish, uh, you you refer to him as G Money, um, back in the, back around the, the same mine, time. Mine, mine was Big Pete, by the way. Yeah, you probably okay. Big Pete from the HQ days. Possibly, uh, um, but yeah, we we just uh, we didn't watch Star Trek. We we're too busy watching porn. So I feel like okay, um, okay, okay. Uh, that's weird. I, um, <laughs> no, me and my friends. I feel like my life was wasted together. now. <laughs> you watch porn with your. I don't know. Okay, here's a whole road we don't want to go down. But um, no, but in, in all fairness, we watch more like MTV. VH1, yeah. like no, all that, that shit, too. right? That so, but but we watched BBC for whose line is it anyway? We were nerds. We yeah. were nerds. Um, and um, and yeah, um, you know, on a long afternoon, on a long, low, uh, boring afternoon, I would sometimes watch four hours of Next Generation in a row. Yeah. So this was a show that I kind of lived with, right? Like this, this cast kind of became an extended family, right? Because I spent like a lot of time with this show and uh, and I think for there's a lot of fans like me out there. So, um the recent era of Star Trek in the films yeah. has been a tricky prospect for us, you know. Okay. It's hit, it's hit and miss for me anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I liked JJ's first uh reboot, especially the first 10 minutes of it and um I thought it kind of went astray after that. Um and then got really shitty uh, as it got as it went further along in in further movies. Um, the TV shows, uh, I really like Star Trek Discovery, but I feel like it's too. It changes too much. It's it's mm. trying to find itself and it's reacting too much to audience reaction, and it's just massively changing constantly and never sticks with uh, a trope that I like in it. Mm. Um, why Picard is exciting is Picard is the first time since 2009 Star Trek that we have had the prime timeline of Star Trek move forward. So this is basically a direct sequel to the film Star Trek Nemesis, which was the last that's, Next Generation film. That's what I was trying to figure out because uh, when I was – okay, so at the – sorry, I'm jumping ahead here. But at the end when they showed the Romulan like ship, whatever, I was like, that's from fucking Nemesis. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I actually had to look it up. I actually pulled up uh, IMDb and I clicked through the pictures. And sure enough, I did find a picture. It was a close up picture, but it definitely looked like the same ship. And I was yep. like, I'm so right. But I haven't watched okay. Nemesis since whenever it premiered in the theaters, right? Whatever, right? 90, fuck, 2000. Right. And, and really, really, you shouldn't. It's bad. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's one of the most hated Star Trek films. Um, and um, it you know it just went wrong for a lot of reasons, mostly writing. Uh, Tom Hardy, uh, you know, yeah. it's one of those films where you got you have Tom Hardy, and then it's still bad. Like I don't know, I, um, but that was before um, his prime, though, right? Yeah, um, but there is a little bit of mixing up the timelines in Picard as well. So it is a direct sequel to Nemesis, only it's twenty years later. Yeah. But at the same time, they bring in events from the JJ timeline. This whole thing with Did um, I didn't catch yeah, it. the devastation on Romulus. The whole, the whole, uh, you know, Picard was helping Romulans evacuate because uh, 
I forget what happened there. Their their planet exploded or something. And that there was, was a there was the, that was from the JJ movie. Oh, see, I didn't catch that. I thought I was thinking that was from uh, from Nemesis as well. Because like I said, no. I haven't watched it since whatever it was. Right. No, the whole reason the villain from the JJ movie came back in time mm-hmm. was to get revenge for the Federation not uh, rescuing Romulus from their. Uh, world destroying event that happened, and okay. I, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on exactly what the event was because I get it confused with the Klingon, the Klingon fuel world exploding. Because like recent Star Trek has all been so similar. It, the, the same thing happened to the Klingons that happened to Romulus. Like the Klingon world exploded, the Romulan world exploded. Anyway, there's a lot of 9/11 like stuff happening in Star Trek for the last couple of decades <laughs> right. that I haven't enjoyed. I'm looking forward to more of this 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 old next generation style of storytelling coming back and that's what Picard promises us and mm-hmm. um I think it does a great job uh and uh I, especially so because it nails the character of Picard perfectly like mm-hmm. this character is the exact same character we left 20 years ago in Nemesis this is the exact same character that I spent all of those hours with um in the next generation mm-hmm. he is note for note spot on written perfectly. And yeah. I don't think that about the whole show. Like I, like I have some issues about where the, like the main plot line is kind of wonky to me yeah. and a couple of things about the show are kind of clunky to me, but the most important element is Jean-Luc Picard. And mm-hmm. he is so far after episode one. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of touching moments. The show starts with him in a dream mm-hmm. and it's a dream about him being back on the enterprise D playing cards with data, just like they did in so many episodes, of the next generation and having a discussion about the card game. Mm-hmm. That is actually a discussion about them and their relationship with each other. Right. And it's, it's Picard telling data. I figured out your tell. Your tell is that you don't have a tell, but you have this, this thing that you do, which is actually a tell. Um, and it's, it's just, note perfect yeah uh next generation dialogue um mm-hmm. and these two characters bring me back perfectly and i want to say data looks fantastic the de-aging technology look all the next generation movies there was there was a problem mm-hmm. and the problem was brett spinner's getting old yeah. and data is not supposed to get old but it was visible on the screen that data was getting old in these movies and it was a problem it pulled you out of the movies uh, a lot and mm-hmm. to me it did anyway that's fixed, okay? Look, and I don't know who we have to thank for that. I think it's probably Lucasfilm. Uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, Industrial Light and Magic. Um, but this de-aging technology on Data is perfect. Yeah. So Brent Spinner can now play Data for the rest of his natural life, <laughs> and he looks perfect, and I love it. And I'm so happy about that. Yeah. Um, as a Next Generation fan, I thought it was over because Data was gone. And Data is so crucial to next generation and keeping him young while the rest of the cast ages is so crucial to keeping the verisimilitude, the, the, the reality of this world like real to us. Uh, I'm so happy about that anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, the plot line of this show, uh, is, uh, it's 20 years later. Picard is retired. He's actually left Starfleet, um, in protest Mm -hmm. because of the events that happened 20 years ago, which was the devastation on Romulus. Picard was leading, uh, a fleet, that was rescuing millions of people, uh, millions of Romulans from the devastation. And uh, during that time, there was an uprising of synthetics. And this is something that we haven't dealt with on Star Trek before. This is something that I think is a little wonky. Um, There was an uprising of synthetics, which it sounds like Blade Runner, right? It sounds Mm -hmm. like, it sounds like the androids from Blade Runner, but I guess if there's a race of androids, I guess in, in this Star Trek universe now, yeah. um, and I don't know if it's like some Borgs mixed with some androids who are maybe like maybe like supposed to be data, uh, you know, recreations that that didn't work out so well. I don't know where these synthetics came from. We, they haven't explained that yet. No. But apparently, they had an uprising, a revolution, and they attacked uh, the shipyards on Mars, Utopia Planitia, and they killed like ninety thousand people. Uh, and destroyed the shipyards and that caused Starfleet to panic and cancel the rescue operations of the Romulans. Um, 
so Picard was so angry he resigned from Starfleet. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the backstory they've written for this. To me, that's problematic. It's weird. Um, it 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 feels it feels wrong for a couple of reasons. For like, you know, um, it, now synthetics are banned. That's another thing. The government of Earth banned synthetic life forms, yeah. so they can't make any new datas. Um, and to me, that's that's retconning stuff that happened in Star Trek The Next Generation. Like they had the the one of the best episodes was The Measure of a Man where 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 they had a court case establishing that data had the same rights as any other living creature. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. and um and they really referenced that episode a lot in this new series, which mm-hmm. is great because it's great classic next generation. Um but they kind of retcon it. I mean, this, they say no. We banned them as a species. So, like, is the is is Star is the is the Federation an organization or even the government of Earth, whoever it is, um, in the twenty fourth century? Are we to accept that they have now be submitted the, been submitted to fear and bigotry? Like this, this is supposed to be the ideal future, Star Trek, right? It's not supposed to be like modern times where we have like these kind of problems, like humanity is supposed to have resolved all of these kinds of political problems and risen above it. And, and through technology really just like solved all of these problems of suffering and crisis. Right. Mm -hmm. And to say that now we're banning a species, uh, that we, that we identified back in next generation that we legally, uh, said was a species with the same rights as us. It just it just it doesn't strike as true Star Trek to me. It's it's a weird it's a weird storyline to write to me. But mm. um, so anyway, the conflict here is that um, synthetics are banned, and um, Picard uh, obviously disagrees with that because Data was like a son to him. Data sacrificed his life for him, and we and we see that love for Data in these dream sequences that Picard is having yeah. uh, as he's living back on the vineyard. Back on his family vineyard, which is another weird thing, because we established in an episode of Next Generation a two-parter where he went back and lived with his family after he was uh, freed from the Borg. He went back and lived there for a while to recover, and the whole point of those episodes turned out to be that he didn't belong there, that he wasn't happy there, that that's not where he wanted to be. So the idea that he would retire and spend 20 years there uh, after his career in Starfleet is really kind of weird, too. Um but it's a beautiful set. It's beautiful scenery. Uh, the vineyard is it's it's it is classic Picard. So it does feel good to be back there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still enjoyed it. Um, uh, what else do I want to say? Uh, you know, the the plot line here is about um, something special to Picard, something moving to the audience, of course, and that is uh, we learn that through some technological chicanery, Data has daughters. He has yeah. twin daughters. Um, that were created by taking a piece of his positronic uh, brain, I guess, and um, using some kind of new cloning technology and creating a whole person. So, so there are twin daughters of Data uh, who are kind of the main uh, crisis of this. They're kind of the baby Yoda of this yeah. series, right? Yeah. Picard, Picard is kind of the Mandalorian here, and and Data's daughters are kind of the baby Yoda who he's got to protect here. Um, uh, they are not aware that they're Data's daughters, but uh, they just think they're regular people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turns out that they have like all of Data's abilities and maybe all of Data's memories, and um, they kind of have superpowers that can be activated in times of stress when they need to save their lives. Yeah, uh, and we see this in some pretty cool action sequences. And I want to say that the one thing that this series has that Next Generation never has, never had, was modern. Uh, exciting uh, fight scenes. Right. Um, yeah, that's and, one thing I was thinking about uh, while we're while I was watching it. Sorry, um, was how much uh, action was actually in this episode? Um, even right from the get go, when uh, right. when they first introduced the daughter or whatever, and uh, she's in the apartment. Right. We're introduced kicks, to her yeah. when 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 a Romulan strike team teleports into her apartment, murders her boyfriend in front of her and tries to capture her. Yeah. And then her data powers activate and she fights them all off. And it's a cool fight scene. Yeah. Um, and again, it's another thing that doesn't feel like classic Star Trek. It feels like it's more of the JJ Star Trek yeah. blended in yeah, yeah, to next generation. Yeah. Um, but it works. It's fun. Um, I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense that you beam into a place to try to kidnap somebody when you could just keep, beam somebody out of a place but uh that being said it was a fun fight scene yeah um 
And um, as with all modern Star Trek, you kind of got to let go of the science uh, or the logic behind the fake science is what I mean when I say by the science. But mm-hmm. um, so um, this, uh, of course, the android girl is being hunted by the Romulans. Uh, she, she has visions of Picard. Uh, and that's because it's data's memories, like activating, like speaking to her. But mm-hmm. she, she, she just suddenly has this uh, strong impulse to seek him out because she thinks that um, he's safety. Like she's only safe if she's with Picard. Um, and that's that, that's obviously data's memories, like speaking to her, right? Yeah. Um, and so that, I mean, that's the that's the story here. She seeks out Picard, who's a, who's in retirement at his vineyard. Um, she convinces him that there's something special about her. Uh, she doesn't know why she's having these, why she's having these uh, images of him appear in her mind. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know why she has these superpowers. She doesn't know that she's Data's daughter yet. Um, Can I uh, ask you a quick question? Yep. So uh, since you were obviously more of a diehard fan of uh, Next Generation than I was, because I probably didn't watch as many episodes as you did, did, was there an episode where Data gave her the pain, gave uh, Picard the painting? Because you know how uh, he there. You know what? This is a good question. I wish I looked that up now that you yeah. asked that. Okay. Um, no, I was just curious because because I there is an episode where he gives Picard a painting as a gift. I don't remember, don't remember if it's the same the painting. painting. Okay. I don't remember if it's the same painting. Fair enough. Um, because she because uh, after he like you know did the whole like realizing yep. that. Like well, he dreamt that he was painting it, and then he realized that it was the same, you know, girl. When he looked at it in the uh, in his room, when he woke up, and then when he went to the archives again, um, they said it's yeah. this, you know, yeah. Data gave you the ar- this, the archives right? were cool too. That was a, that was a beautiful moment for next mm-hmm. generation fans as well. When he went to the he goes to the United Federation archives, and they have his personal Admiral Picard's archives and they have a bunch of stuff from the next generation in there, including the banner from Captain Picard Day, which was on a on a great episode of Next Generation, which I forget the name of, but I believe it was a Q episode. Um, one thing I, th- I would love to see on this show is Q show his face at some point. Um, John Delancey. Uh, and they could de-age him too, just like Data, and they c- could be great. Um, but um, we'll see if they, if they go there. Yeah. Uh, uh, this episode, anyway, uh, I, I should hurry up and, and try to and try to um, get through it. Um, he uh, anyway, he he takes this girl in, and, and he and he when he goes to the archives, and he well, first of all, he has a dream about Data giving him the painting, yeah. and then he goes to the archives to check the painting, and then he realizes the painting in the face the face of the girl in the painting that Data gave him thirty years ago is the girl who came to him. Yeah. Um, and the t- the title of the painting that Data gave him was Daughter. So through this, he realizes, oh my God, this is somehow Data's daughter. Yeah. And he decides he's going to protect her. Yeah. Then she shows up where he is uh, because, you know, um, plot convenience. Uh, she followed him. Um, and And then, you know, right after we get this establishment of... I know who you are. We have to figure this out. I have to protect you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have another scene where she gets attacked by a Romulan strike team. And it's another fantastic action scene where we see she's got really cool superpowers. Mm -hmm. She can jump. She can jump like Ray in the rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Um, She gets killed uh, in front of Picard Uh, kind of brutally and violently. uh, She dies like painfully. She dies suffering uh, violently. Um, a la alien death. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So this is like the yeah. blood, whatever is acidic. Oh yeah. Somehow right. Romulans spit acid now. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that works. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe it was a weapon. Maybe he had like an acid, acid poison spitting weapon. That we I think they're about. crossing this over with, uh, with the alien franchise. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, because it seems like, the, it seems like they're crossing it over with Blade Runner. So, yeah, um, yeah. Um, Ridley Scott. Anyway, um, it, w- w- after all this happens, um, you know this is this is the dark impetus, obviously, to get Jean Luc on the mission of the series, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, after this happens, um, we soon learn um, because Picard goes to uh, the uh, the institute. Is it the Daystrom Institute he goes to? The anyway, the the Cybernetics Institute, um, which has been shut down because of the ban. Um, but he talks to the lead uh, researcher there. Uh, I forget the actress's name. She's important. She's going to be a regular on the show. Uh, I don't know. And I I remember her from 
there was another show I liked her on the newsroom. I think it was, um, darn, I'm blanking on that. Uh, Alison pill, uh, Dr. Agnes Girardi. Um, so she informs him that actually like, this is how she was created and they're created in Paris. So there's a twin. So now he ends the episode knowing there's a twin out there somewhere, but he doesn't know where she is. And then, uh, we get a cutaway that shows us, uh, there is, uh, obviously, um, this is a big reveal. There's a Borg cube. And we don't know where this Borg cube came come, came from. They didn't explain it. But it is being used as um, a refuge uh, for the Romulans, oh, yeah. who have the survivors of the devastation on Romulus are all living on this Borg cube. And it's serving as like the Borg headquarters now. Mm. And, um, sorry, the twin whose name I don't have. Uh, okay, Dodge was the name of the main, of the first uh, twin who died. Mm-hmm. And the twin who's still alive, I don't have her name in front of me. Wow, I have Dodge, but not the other name. Anyway, the twin who's still alive mm-hmm. is um, a scientist living and working on this Romulan vessel. Yeah. So we're gonna obviously going to go there next in the plot line. Um, uh, but the episode kind of, uh, ends on this note with this big reveal, uh, that we have this Borg cube and we have the Romulans all living there. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where Dodge's twin is living. So, you know, that Picard's going to go find her there. Um, I want to say that, uh, I am happy with this. I, um, I, it's, you know what, I, I'm looking forward to more anyway. Like I, I wish, I wish the whole series had dropped so I could binge the whole thing because I am really looking forward to seeing where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave us a couple of things that I really love a couple of beautiful next generation moments. Yeah. I, I tried to compare it to Mandalorian, but it's really so hard. Uh, like it's not, it's not this huge, like, like overpowering, massive, exciting thing like Mandalorian was to me. Mm-hmm. Like, but my Star Trek fandom has always like been a little bit lower key than that. It's, but it's, it is, it's still very satisfying. It's still just what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, in many ways, as as long as it, you know, it, I mean, it could go wrong in the future. We did the the episode's like forty four minutes long. It looks like that's going to be the average run runtime. Yeah, um, guess, which yeah. is which is good. Which is good, but it doesn't give you a ton, right? It gives you a few things and uh, a few things to to give you to look forward to. Yeah. Um, and it's serialized more than episodic. I think that's a major difference between Mandalorian and this show. It's not like okay, here's the contained storyline of this one episode, and here it all is in one episode, and then there are stuff that carries on. It's like everything is like being set up for what's carrying on, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, which is which is another big difference, and I like it. I like it. I do. Um, so um, I want to. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and rate this episode, uh, season one, episode one of Star Trek: Picard. To me, it's a uh, it's uh, it's a seven point five out of ten. Okay. It's 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 really enjoyable. Um, it's got a lot of what I love and what I was hoping for. Uh, it's got a couple of things that make me. Um, uh, a little bit uh, iffy about, and I'm wondering where it's going to go in the future. So um, I'm looking forward to where this is going, and I'm happy with it. And uh, I'm happy that it's Star Trek season, man. I'm happy that you know now that Star Wars season, Star Wars season has come to a close for me. Mm-hmm. I have my Star Trek. I had it's the '90s again. I'm back on the couch. I'm back watching the Next Generation, um, and I'm I'm happy about that. How about you? Okay, so um, as I uh, stated, I've never was like a huge Star Trek fan. Um, I grew up watching uh, Shatner. I didn't really watch much of Next Generation until it went into syndication, like you said. Um, I didn't really watch it when it was like uh, first starting out, whatever, right? And uh, I'll I'll be honest, one of the main reasons why I watched it is because of my brother. (laughs) <laughs> so because my brother used to like he loves star trek all right so um that being said he's never seen a single star wars movie but uh <laughs> he he's the he's the star trek guy he he watches star okay trek, okay right so, so it's, it's it's definitely not a deep immersion in your in your mm, household though. yeah no no yeah um yeah. i've seen every single movie um i'm the type of person i'll go out to the theater to see every single Star Trek movie. I think I've seen them all in the theaters except for like the original three, I want to say. Like um, right. motion picture, um, 
uh, what was the second one again? Rafcon and Search for Spock. I think I've seen everything yep. else past that, if I remember correctly. Yep. So, yep. anyways, um, so yeah. That being said, I've uh, and also I, I used to get into arguments with people that I like Shatner, uh, I like Captain Kirk more than I do Picard. Really, I know it's blasphemous in a lot of people's eyes, but nah. I'm sorry, but that's how that's who I grew There's up. There's a with. lot of people. There's it's, a lot of people it's, who it's feel like, that way. It's like James Bond. I grew up with Roger Moore, and I always liked yeah. him better than Sean Connery. Sorry, that's yeah. just that's yep. just my thing. Yep. Um, I've always liked Captain Kirk over Picard. That being said, I I I I love Picard. I think he's a great character. Um, right. the, like Patrick Stewart, fucking amazing actor. Right. So, anyways, um, that's my background with Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> um Fair. yeah and i didn't hate the jj abrams ones <laughs> i actually enjoyed those okay um because they they weren't uh from what i can tell they weren't necessarily made just for like you know how a lot of these movies these star trek movies they're made just for star trek fans yeah. i feel like these were kind of like twisted and turned to give kind of like star trek fans uh try to please some of the star trek fans but they were action movies, so I actually enjoyed the the J.J. Abrams right. Um, right. retelling of Star Trek. Right. So, anyways, that all being said, um, I did enjoy this episode. I thought it was a good episode. Uh, yeah. I will watch the rest of the series. I don't know how many episodes it's going to be. What, like eight, maybe? Ten? Eight, I think, or no, eleven. Eleven. 11? Okay, uh, I'll watch it. Um, I I enjoyed this episode. Um, I was actually thinking uh, seven out of ten myself okay. so so we're pretty close yeah so that's where i was that's where i was thinking when i was watching cool. this i actually i just i actually want to say like we have the we had the absolute probably opposite um uh reasons or 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 taste in mm-hmm. what we want to see going forward going forward for star wars for star trek movies i want to see it return to a science fiction show i want to see mm-hmm. more stories of exploration i want to see more stories of problem solving using you know fake pseudoscience rather than uh, driving motorcycles and jumping them off things um but um i think that maybe what this show is trying to do and i think i think we probably covered this in our conversation what this show is maybe trying to do is to try to merge that the fact that there are two star trek audiences now like you like you and me right um and give us something that we both enjoy and if that if 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 Star Trek Picard can pull that off, then it will be um, it'll be a great thing for the future of the franchise. Yeah. Do you think anyway, uh, Shatner is sitting somewhere going, that should have been me. That should have been the um, show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if Shatner really wants to do that or not. I don't know. <laughs> He's always wanted to do it. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Picard! I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much he actually wants to work. I think, or yeah. or if he. <laughs> if he'd rather not do that much work at this point in his life. But, um, you know, I'm sure he probably would rather be the, be the title character than, than watch Patrick Stewart, (laughs) Patrick Stewart be the title character. Yes. Yes. You're probably right about that. All right. Anyway, my friend, look, um, uh, so, uh, we both liked Picard and we both recommend it. Um, we were going to review the gentleman here. Um, we are running very short on time though. Uh, so basically our option is we could do like a five minute review of the gentleman or we could wait and do it on another episode. How do you feel? What do you want to do? Um, I, I have some words to say about it. I, I I don't really want to go through it like scene by scene by any means. So let's just do our five minute. Okay, fair enough. Do you want to start? Uh, first, I'm gonna boom on Picard because we okay. didn't. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. So keeping um, okay. Yeah. So the gentleman. Um, if you are a Guy Ritchie fan, you will love this film. Yes. Uh, Guy Ritchie returns back to his roots. Guy yes. Ritchie goes back to his gangsterdom. Um, he he pulled off a movie which is comparable to Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrels. Um, not quite as good as Snatch, but it's up there. Um, probably a bit better than Rock and Rolla, which I really dug. Um, Guy Ritchie really pulled it off. Um, Hugh Grant, loved Hugh Grant in this film. Loved yeah. Colin Farrell in this film. Um, who else? Um, what's, uh, what's the guy from Sons of Anarchy? He was great. Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam was great Charlie in this film. Charlie Hunnam. Um, yeah, Hunnam. 
Um, he's my he's my one weak spot, but I'll I'll go after you. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, you didn't like him? Oh, I thought I thought he was really good in this film. For uh, me, the one one weakness he, for me. Yeah. Okay. He he, his character was kind of a pussy at first, but as yeah. the as the story developed, as it was being told, uh, he became more of a badass, which I absolutely loved. Uh-huh. Um, I loved uh, now. Uh, I, I like the way his, I like the way his character was written. I yes, did. I did. Yeah, yeah. I did like. Yeah, I did like his saying, character. Like, yeah. No, I like the way he, his character. Uh, I don't. I don't think screen. he was the. Right, I don't think he was the right guy to play him. Okay. Go no, ahead. I, I really. I really liked him. On. Uh, I yeah. started to really like him halfway during the movie. I felt yeah. that way at the beginning, right? Because yeah. I was like, okay, really, like this is who he's playing. But as he started, they started to develop his character. I loved him. Um, I so I don't know if you ever watched Attack the Block. Did you ever watch that film? Yep, yep. yep so the kids in Attack the Block reminded me of the boxing totally. team, right? Totally. Like, tell yep. me that wasn't they? Yep. They no. watched Attack the Block and they're like, we need, we need, we need these characters in our film, in my, in my film. I so, actually, I actually wondered if Guy Ritchie actually. If that was him actually lifting from another writer director, or if if that was like a something that Guy Ritchie had ever touched on before that that part of British culture, yeah. um, but it was so fun and awesome, it did yeah. fit right in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, but it did it did definitely feel like Attack the Block. And uh, isn't Finn from that movie? That, that's where he Finn was. got his that's start, where right? He got his start. Uh, yeah. JJ watched that movie and was a fan of it. Yeah. So that's it's a it's a great was... movie. It's a funny movie. Oh, it's a great um, film. I love that movie. Um, but definitely the gentleman uh, calls back to it, right? Yeah. The, yeah, 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 for sure. But yeah, no, um, I really enjoyed this film start to finish. It was very, like I said, reminiscent of the films that he's made that he that made him famous. Right. Um, the films that got him, like like Snatch, um, if it wasn't for Snatch, he never would have directed uh, Robert Downey Jr. in uh, Sherlock Holmes. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it was... It was those movies that put him on the map, for and sure. that's the root. That's the that's that's his, that's his roots. He went back to his roots. So for sure, um, for me, I like I said, I really enjoyed this film. I'm throwing it a nine out of ten. Nice, nice. Yeah. I, I I enjoyed it too. I yeah. think you're you're exactly right that it is specifically for fans of Lockstock and Snatch and yeah. classic Guy Ritchie yeah. before he before he kind of went mainstream and kind of mm-hmm. and kind of tried to do more other kind of weird things like that weird King Arthur movie. Yeah. His, his last is the last time or, he shouldn't shouldn't have messed with Charlie Hunnam, but <laughs> <laughs> or that um, Man from Uncle, which also starred. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, right? Which um, was okay, but it wasn't a Guy Ritchie film, right? In my right. Office, it, right? It, it, during during all that time, I I always kind of thought like, why doesn't Guy Ritchie just make Guy Ritchie movies anymore? Yeah. Like, because because there was seemed like there were so many imitators of Guy Ritchie movies, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking of uh, like The Kingsman, okay. like total yep. totally feels like a style, PG version right? style, of Guy yeah. Ritchie, yeah, right? Yeah. And I like stuff like Attack the Block, I wanted to say, too. Like, mm-hmm. um, just, like, street-level, um, you know, somewhat violent, somewhat criminally uh, comedies yeah. um, in, in the UK. Uh, like, is th- that, that Guy Ritchie style with, like, with like hard-hitting musical scores and hard-hitting uh, oh, quick dude, cut, that's the quick, thing quick I cut editing. The score um, was fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, sure. Did you catch the, um, the old Dirty Bastard uh Little remake, and then you know, you know that's one of my favorite jams of all time. So good, so good. Yeah, but there was I'm drawing a blank. They used a hip hop song just before that kicked in, and I can't remember what it was, but it was straight '90s hip hop, and I was like, "Yeah, this just got yeah." And then they then they did the shimmy shimmy all, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is so fucking good! I need to get I need to talk to Greg Davis and and burn the score off of him because I know he'll buy it." (laughs) So so anyway, I want to say to I want to say to people if you are fans of that older Guy Ritchie stuff that that Lockstock and that Snatch, definitely run out and see this because Kev, I want to say something else. I want to say that I think 
that this may be a genre. I think that this may be a type of film that is on its last legs that we're not going to see anymore. Really? I, I, so, yeah. I, I felt like the kind of style of comedy of the, of this film, I feel like it is very pro male, very, uh, maybe a little bit sexist, a little bit racist. And if, if not, so it's, it, it tries to play like blur the lines with those issues mm-hmm. in, in kind of a very like just male way. Just, just look how I can make this, this joke that you, you might say is sexist, but then I'll be clever about it so that you can't say it's sexist. And then I'll make this joke that you might think is racist, but then I'll be clever about it so that you can't say it's racist. Um, I feel like that's the kind of humor that's kind of dying. And I, and, um, I noticed in this theater, looking around me, I was surrounded by older people. I was yeah. not; there was not a lot of young people in this theater. Yeah, I and, feel like there was a lot of older in mine too. But there yeah. were there were a few young. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Mostly, right? Well, even um, the even the couple of dudes that I went with, um, who I met through my old work, um, yeah. they're they're like ten years younger than me too, right? Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. It's definitely, but it's a, it's a great film. Like it is, it is written so great. It's, mm-hmm. it's like uh, his, his dialogue is so clever and it's, it's yeah. so quick and rapid and fast paced and his, his filming and his editing and his, it's, it's, he tells a story with every element, with every tool in the filmmaking, uh, toolbox. And, and he's a master of it. He really, Guy Ritchie is really a great filmmaker. You know what? And this, this movie never takes a breath. It's oh, it's so quick and it's so fun and carries you, carries you along. Um, except for the one time it breaks down mm. is when Charlie Hunnam has a long scene of dialogue. And I'm on the apartment. Yeah, I, that, that's, I, I love that, that too. Exactly. But go on. It's a great. It's a. It's a fantastically written scene. Yeah. But but you tell me if we don't put a better actor in that role. Like, like anybody, like imagine Colin Farrell with that same dialogue. Imagine how magical that scene would be. But with Charlie Hunnam, he's just so wooden. He's, and it it worked in Sons of Anarchy. I love Sons of Anarchy. I love Jax Teller, but I bought that Jax Teller was kind of a wooden kind of like, uh, kind of a guy who doesn't show his emotions on his face too much and doesn't emote too much. Uh, but he kind of. But I know guys like that in real life. Like I could relate to that character. But mm-hmm. when you get to a character that's written like this, with this, with this, uh, like classic Guy Ritchie dialogue, that is that is kind of rapid paced and it's yeah. kind of witty and it kind of it kind of carries you along, um, you know, based on the dialogue. Yeah. And it's and and Charlie Hunnam is not the actor who can. You know, can really do that in my mind, and, it, and, it, and the movie kind of freezes solid in the, in that moment. Yeah, for me. I, I I I really dug that scene, but you know, what I was gonna say, you know what that that scene kind of remind me of? Remember in Snatch when uh, the three black dudes uh, try to rob Vinnie Jones? Yeah, and he's like, and he goes into this whole monologue. They're like, dude, like what the fuck? Like we're trying to rob you here, and then it, right. it ends with basically him going. The fact that my gun says blah 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 down the side, and yours your gun says replica blah 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 down the side, <laughs> means I right. got you by your little balls or whatever the line was. Right. Yeah, that's that. Right. That's what that. Now imagine, kind of now me imagine of. him giving that dialogue instead of Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, no, I hear you, but I still, I, I still just, I just want to say. I just want to say Charlie Hunnam is I I like him. He's a likable guy, and I understand mm. why directors keep want to keep wanting to cast him. But um, really, he should have been like a lower. He should have been like one of the bodyguards. Uh, he should have been in the movie, but not <laughs> but not like so crucial to the plot of the movie. Because you're right, there are so many great performances. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned Hugh Grant. He's fantastic. He's funny. I forgot to mention Matthew McConaughey. Actually, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Matthew was great in this film. Yeah, he almost. You know, I you were. I worried. I worried at first he was going to stand out because yeah. he's an American yeah, character yeah, yeah, in yeah. this in this British world. But he pulls it off fine. Yep. And and he he does a great job. His gravitas is is fully intact. Um, and the actress who plays his wife is fantastic too. And I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have her name. I don't have her name either. Yeah. Sorry. But, but, but we are out of time. I I actually have to wrap up my comments because we're out of time. Um, Just give your your um, numeric score. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, but I do think that this is, um, it's a dying genre. I feel like, you know, stuff going forward is only going to be on the level of Kingsman, right? Like, like stuff that kind of feels kind of feels a little bit like this stuff, but you're not going to see this kind of humor. You're not going to see the C word. Like they say cunt so many times in this movie. Like the the word cunt is just in every other line of the script. And that's British though. That's, that's that's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. But uh, you don't see it in Kingsman, right? And Kingsman is British, right? Yeah. You're not going to see these R rated, um, kind of body, you know, 
know, you're not going to see jokes like 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 the like the black cunt joke. Like like mm. that's a joke you're not going to see in ten years anywhere in a major Hollywood release. I don't think. Anyway, right. um, just my opinion. But um, I did really enjoy this movie, and I do think if you're a fan of this style, you do need to go out and see it in the theater because it's a dying breed, and you're not going to see it stuff like this uh very often uh yeah. we haven't seen stuff like this in a while uh, in my opinion um it's really great uh i give it a nine out of ten as well oh, um nice. cool. everybody everybody go see the gentleman um if if it's your cup of tea that's yes. what I'm, that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> was that your uh british pun at the end there uh yeah sure yeah sure there are a lot of there are a lot of tea jokes in the yeah. gentleman as yeah. well so uh, no, it's a it's a great fun time. Colin Farrell, especially oh, God, so he's fantastic good. He's in this so movie. Good, yeah. He's fantastic in this movie. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, people got to see it. People got to see it. Right. Boom! <laughs> so go see the gentleman. <laughs> Check out Picard. Come back for episode forty-two of yeah. Tool for this podcast coming up next week, sometime soon. Um, and uh, you know, I don't know what we're going to talk about on that episode yet, but no, uh, yet. I'm sure I'm sure we'll think of something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But thank you for listening, Kev. Do you have any final thoughts before we close off the show? Um, no, nothing really off the top of the head. Um, like I said, uh, I highly recommend the gentleman. Um, Picard is really good. Coming from a non, um, sorry, I shouldn't say a non Star Trek fan. I, I am a fan of Star Trek, a mediocre Star Trek fan. How's that? Yeah, um, middle of the road, middle yeah. Of yeah. So, um, like I said, I'm a bigger Star Wars fan than I am Star Trek, but I still have a love for the Trek. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm uh, digging it, and I look forward to seeing more. Okay, we're still hoping to do a, re- a review of Watchmen season one. Uh, yes, we're waiting. Yes. We're waiting for a special guest to join us on that, yeah. um, and we're going to talk about the whole deal with uh, the fact that there may never be a season two, even yeah, though it's so which, beloved. Which kind of sucks. Um, I was looking forward to a season two. Yeah, so was really, I. But really enjoyed the first one. We'll we'll see what happens. We don't know for sure, but yeah. we'll talk about that soon on on an upcoming episode of Too Old for This Podcast. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Is there anything else uh, we need to say before we end the show for tonight? No, I don't think so. All right then, for DJ Kevy Kev, I am JD the MC, um, <laughs> or just Jaron Kev if you prefer. I don't know. Does anyone else have a question? Uh, I don't know. Uh, is there anyone in the chat? Uh, oh, well, well, Ms. Jackson. Um, yes, I definitely am nasty. So I guess I won't be calling you Janet. Uh, so, uh, uh sure. Go ahead. What's your question? That's the end. Uh, yes, I'm afraid that is the end of episode 41 of Too Old for This Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Please like us. Please rate and subscribe us on iTunes yeah. and uh, all that stuff. And I'm sorry we got to run, but we got to run. Yeah. So until next time, uh, just chill. <laughs> sorry, I hit mute by accident. Till the next episode. Word.